Hello, Brittany Geneva here, back for another episode. What did I decide to call this? Mind Mindful Musings. <laughs> One day I will remember the name of this. Um, so I'm just going to get right into it because I have actually had this conversation a lot with a lot of different people. And it kind of came back to the top of my mind when I was listening to another podcast of three young uh, black ladies talking about gentrification and just, you know, what it means if you are, you know, an upwardly mobile young black person and you move into a gentrifying neighborhood or you start to gentrify a neighborhood by, you know, buying, um, you know, paying high rents and, and patronizing like the new businesses, you know, that are moving in. Are you a black gentrifier? Um, and I mean, to me, I think the answer is no, if you are not doing anything to try to change the culture of the neighborhood, if you have come there and yes, you are helping to drive up costs by paying for the, you know, higher real estate. But if you are not actually doing anything to displace the culture and to make current residents feel like they're not welcome there, then I don't think you're a gentrifier. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, I was listening to this podcast and I just got so alarmed because what all of the girls were saying things that were related to this, but one girl really just like unapologetically was like, sometimes I go to black neighborhoods and I don't feel safe. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. And then she named specific neighborhoods that I know and I've been to and I lived in. And I'm like, bitch, that made you feel unsafe, nigga? Woo, you just don't like black people. Like, and that's what I want to talk about. Like, why are we becoming a party to our own fucking oppression by allowing that thinking to creep anywhere into our head to tell us that a black area in and of itself must not be as whatever, as safe, as good, as desirable. Why do we fucking do that? Like that shit makes me so mad. If anybody knows me, I have no reason to think the way that I do. Like I grew up, so I was born in California. I don't tell that to a lot of people because I moved when I was young. So if I said, oh, I'm from Sacramento, people would be like, oh, do you know such and such an intersection? I'd be like, nope, sure don't. So I just don't even bother to say. So I grew up or I was born in Sacramento in a neighborhood called Elk Grove. So I feel like that just tells you everything you need to know. And I lived in a neighborhood called Laguna Star. That tells you, you don't even need to know anything except the names. And I think that will already give you a sense of where I was born. It was very affluent, very nice area. There were some black families, but it was definitely predominantly white. And then um, when I was young, I moved to Atlanta And I lived in Gwinnett County, in Duluth, and then in Lawrenceville, which now is a lot more diverse. But while I was there, it was, you know, pretty white. And, you know, I always lived in the burbs. I always grew up around a ton of white people. I never had no type of, I mean, I just never had 
any type of issues or struggles of a financial sort. You know, I went to a very good school, very good high school that had a lot of like amenities, I guess you could call them for students. And just like, it was like Degrassi, you know, like it was a nice school, you know? So I grew up my whole life, K through 12, just with whites and in the suburbs and still there was never a piece of me that didn't desire to be around black people even and even i had negative experiences with black people in high school i had a lot of black people who were mean to me who were not accepting of me because of you know they felt that i thought i was better than them or like who you think you are why you talk like that da, 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 da. and i just for some reason maybe it's cuz of my my dad my parents were really good about you know making sure that i had a good attitude but i just always felt like these are some crazy black people but the rest the good ones are out there like <laughs> i just always looked at my at the people in my immediate circle as like an exception and like but out there like there's good ass black folk and i just need to find them and be around them <laughs> so when i had the opportunity finally to have some say in where i lived I was like, hi, I'm going to a school that has a lot more black people. As a matter of fact, if uh, there's a college uh, that does not have a certain percentage of black people, it's not even going to be in my consideration set. So I ended up going to Georgia State, which technically is a PWI. But when I was there, had a 30% black population that has only grown. And it actually is known for graduating more black students than even many HBCUs. and I just immediately felt at home. Like it never, it never felt weird. It never felt like, oh shit, this is so different from how I grew up. Literally, as soon as I was with black people, I was like, this is where I was always meant to be. It was like going to your family reunion. You know, you go there and you're just like, these are my people and there's no discomfort or unfamiliarity because this is always my people. I was, and I went to school downtown walk by hella homeless people, you know, black men telling me to smile, you know, mad. I, I saw a lot of shit on the streets. I never once felt uncomfortable. I used to walk around at night all the time by myself. Don't tell my mama. I used to be out and about in the streets of, the, of downtown Atlanta as a 17-year-old girl who had never lived anywhere but the suburbs. And I felt just fine. And then I moved to New York. I said, I want to live in Harlem because I wanted to live amongst black people, which now that I know what Harlem is, I actually <laughs> did not pick a good place because Harlem is so gentrified at this point. But I lived at 135th, which is, you know, like on the bubble, like there's white people there, but there's definitely some areas that are not as gentrified. And then I moved to 116th, which is super gentrified. That's only 20 blocks, but in New York speak, that's like 500 miles away. And so I said all of that to say, and now I live in DC. I live in Northeast DC, like right across the border from Hyattsville, Maryland. It's very black over here. Like this is black as fuck. And like halfway gentrified like this is probably one of the least gentrified places i've ever lived because there's nothing around here like there's no starbucks there's no stores there's no retail like it's just like houses and apartments and a train and that's it and if you want to go shopping or have life's things you better order that shit or get on the train and take it like 
a good number of stops or get in your car and make it happen. Um, so I said all that to say that I have never in my adult life, I've really sought out black spaces and specifically to live amongst black people and in areas that some people could consider to be the hood. And I have never, ever, ever felt unsafe, ever. Like, and I'm not exaggerating. I have walked around plenty of streets at night, everywhere that I've lived by myself. I have talked to strangers. I have, you know, been drunk in places where I did not have enough support around me. Like, look, I'm just being honest. So I've been vulnerable. And I have never, not even, not only have I ever not felt unsafe, but I haven't ever actually been unsafe. Like no one's ever tried me. No, I never had any close calls. I never had somebody follow me or somebody run up on me and, and do something that could have gone left. Like I literally have always been safe in my neighborhoods. So that's why it makes me feel really upset to hear that there are black people who are upwardly mobile and could be like a great addition to these areas, right? Because that's what we need. We need black people to stay in black spaces so that we can help keep it strong. And to hear those folks saying, well, I got out of the train at 125th and Lenox and I felt a little type of way. Bitch, huh? When you get out of the phone, out of the phone, out of the train at 125th and Lenox, there is a Whole Foods to the left and a Starbucks to the right. So that tells you already that like you not in like the hoodest hoods of New York City or Harlem or anywhere. And even if, you know, it gets lit like that corner, there's like hotep niggas spewing off about the white man holding us down it's dudes selling, you know, bootleg CDs and like bags from a sheet on the side of the sidewalk. It's women walking around, you know, they look like maybe, you know, they had a long night. It, I mean, it's a lot going on on that corner, but that's all it is. A lot going on. That's it. Ain't nobody, I ain't never seen in four years that I lived there. I never heard no shootings, no robberies, no, like it's, or, or if there are any, it's not any more than any other place where you live. You know, it's not like above average. And so it's just a lot going on. And hi, welcome to black America. That's actually what I love. Like, let me have the bootleg CD, man. I bought the bootleg CDs off 125th. Please. That's what we need. We don't need all these fucking sanitized suburban strip mall places that look identical and it doesn't matter what city you live in because all the shit looks alike. There's a fucking pottery barn and uh, a Whole Foods and uh, 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 Happy Cuts and whatever else shit that's like totally soulless and, and completely generic. We need places that actually have a spirit and a soul. And we need places that actually feel like us and not like we're trying to fit into someone else's idea of what's a good neighborhood. So I don't, that shit just really upset me, man. I was like, why would you possibly feel unsafe in a black neighborhood that feels black? 
just the fact that you feel unsafe is a problem because you're part of the reason why people feel like, well, it hasn't made it until there's a Whole Foods. Like for me, my neighborhood, like, as I said, the place where I live now in Northeast DC, there's nothing here. Like literally there's a Walmart and like, that's it. And like a subway, um, the restaurant, but also a train. And I feel fine. Like, I don't feel like, oh, this neighborhood is like missing so much. Like, I don't feel like, oh my gosh, like we haven't made it. One day, probably in like five years, there's going to be all that shit. There's going to be Starbucks's and there's going to be everything that, you know, gentrification usually looks like. But I don't feel that the neighborhood is less than because that's not here. And as soon as we as black people buy into that thinking, we're that is when you become a black gentrifier. When you feel like this neighborhood is okay, but it would be better if there was a coffee chain like no make your own damn coffee at the house you know like I love Starbucks as much as the next girl but I'm not gonna look at a neighborhood sideways because there's not one you know and that's what I feel like the girls were doing on that podcast I was just like yo like y'all have a listenership and like someone recommended this podcast to me and I am listening to it and I'm like please don't let too many people hear this and think that this way of thinking is okay It is not. It is not okay to look at your fellow people in the neighborhoods where your people are from and think that it's less than. Like you, that's a problem. And that's the reason why we can't get ahead because we need to stop buying in to thinking that is being given to us by our oppressor. Staying on the Starbucks example, I heard a stat that something like, Within a quarter, like if there's a new Starbucks, the air, the the property in a within a quarter mile or half mile radius, the property value increases by like ninety something percent. And do you know why that is? Because people believe that Starbucks is something to aspire to. That is just buying into branding that has been created by that brand and by other real estate developers. But if you did not think that about Starbucks, then that would not happen. So it starts with how you think. It starts with you thinking this is a valuable area. And if you need another business or types of business to come in to make you think differently, that's the problem. You need to already think of your area as a valuable area. Even if the real estate developers don't buy in, even if the outside people don't buy in, If you believe that this is a valuable area, the area will have a pride about itself and a way about itself that is just as safe and just as as kind and just as as, um, comfortable as any area that is more stereotypically good. So it starts with how you think. It starts with what you actually, the attitude that you have toward your own residence. And if you need someone else to come in and validate, oh, this is a good place to live, then you're already behind. You need to, you need to look at your own area and say, yep, it's good here. And you need to not look down on an area just because it's blacker than some of the more gentrified areas or there's some activity that's like, oh, shoot, you know, they over here playing music out loud and, and selling things, you know, out the suitcase. That's fine. Let, let that happen. That's just, that's life, baby. That's living in the city. 
What's wrong with that intrinsically? How are you hurt by that? What is that doing to you? How would that possibly be making you unsafe? So that, uh, anyways, I'm rambling now. But the point is, I want us to stop looking at our own areas through the lens of other people through other developers and and speculators and other people who we don't believe in the value of our space until they believe in the value of it. Fuck that. Our space is valuable because we're in it, because we have pride in it, because we know that who we are and the way that we live is is, is wonderful for us. Just because you, some outside person may, oh my God, Look at them over there playing dominoes on the corner. Yeah, they playing dominoes and you're fine. And nothing, and you are not in any danger whatsoever. So we need to have a view that is not filtered through anything else so that we understand and we portray the value of our neighborhood ourselves and not through someone else's lens. And that's why that podcast and hearing that conversation got me so worked up because I know for a fact, because I lived there, that the specific areas that they were talking about in Harlem are fine. Like literally, I lived there for four years and I was fine. So do not have other people who haven't lived there listening to this thinking, oh my God, when I go to one, you know, when I go to New York, let me skip 125th. No, get out and see the beautiful culture of Harlem. And now you got people thinking like, oh my gosh, like, is it a mess up there? No, it's not. It's not a mess. It's wonderful. And even if you do subscribe to the stereotypes, there's a Whole Foods and a Starbucks. Like, so even if you do need validation, you have it. So I'm just like, what is she talking about? That's just, ugh. anyways, that's my little rant for this Tuesday afternoon. Um, and my plea to you all is that you would not let people have you thinking that predominantly black areas or areas where, you know, there's little more activity than you might be used to seeing or different activity that you might be used to seeing are that those areas are unsafe because they're, they're fine. And it starts with us changing how we think about our own space. So that's all for me. This is Brittany Geneva on social media, Brittany underscore Geneva. Um, let's continue this conversation. If you have thoughts, if you have comments and I'll talk to you next time.